Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just are so grateful, Father, for you, Lord. And just uh, as that song said, you are, you are our Jireh. You're a God that provides, Father. We thank you, God, that uh, you meet us at every place of our deepest need. Lord God, I pray right now, um, God, that, that, uh, that your word would go forth, God, with power, with clarity, with conviction. God, Lord, I pray that I would decrease so that you might increase. God, we're, we're here all, all about you, God. It's all about Jesus, to lift your name on high, God. I, pr I pray that uh, you would go ahead of us, God. Just like Moses, he says, I don't want to go unless you go. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Back in the, uh, the, uh, the early 2000s, uh, there was a, a successful advertising campaign that uh, Verizon had. Uh, some of you might remember it. Uh, was, it, was, uh, it was titled, Can You Hear Me Now? And uh, it, was, uh, it was a test guy for Verizon. He was a technician. And basically, it just kind of chronicled him going through all these uh, remote places. Uh, he was in uh, the desert. He was in, like, the rainforest. Uh, just all the, these inclement weather, it was like thunderstorms. Uh, and really what it was really uh, focused on is he kept saying, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And, uh, and just like that, God is, God is speaking to us. But the question isn't, is God speaking, but it's, are we listening? Are we hearing, hearing him? Are we on the right reliable network? as God is speaking to, and are we tuned in? So as we, we, we turn to the text, if you guys can turn with me to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, it's where we find the text today. And if you guys could stay with me, we'll be reading uh, the, whole, the whole chapter. It's, it's uh, 21 verses. 1 Samuel chapter 3. It says, now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli's whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God has, had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and said, here I am. And ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he arose and went to Eli and and said, here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I am about to do a, new, uh, do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning to the end. And I declare to him that I'm about to, to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned 
for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay down until morning, and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do, do so to you, and from also you hide anything from me, all of that you told, told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what it seems to good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of God. And we'll stop there. And we see that, uh, just to kind of give you guys some context of uh, what's, what, uh, as we lead up to, to 1 Samuel, the, uh, the period is, is from Judges, and Samuel's anoints the first two kings of Israel, uh, King Saul, who God ultimately uh, aborts and, and basically raises up David. And so we see that, that, uh, that the, through the period of Judges, that there was this, sin, uh, this cycle of sin and disobedience with the people of God. And, uh, and then we get to this point where, where the tabernacle is a mess. Um, it's in chaos. As, as you could see in the text, Eli, Eli is, uh, is the priest and his kids are acting up. They're uh, making a mockery of the temple. They, uh, there was a- adultery being committed in the, in the temple. There were, uh, they were taking the sacrifices that were meant for God. They were taking it for themselves. And so in the midst of that, God, is, God was, raising up a, uh, was raising up Samuel, a new, a new prophet and a priest, even in the midst of that. And so we see that in, first, in chapter one and in chapter two, we see some of you guys might know the story of, 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 of Elkanah, uh, Samuel's dad, and that he, he, uh, he, had, a, he had two wives. And, and one, uh, the first, his worst, first wife, the Bible says that he loved more than his second wife, Peninnah. And, uh, and the Bible says that he would go, go to the temple every year to sacrifice and that the Bible said that he loved God. But we see that, uh, that in that house there was drama and that we can see, that's why I love the Bible, is that uh, we can see that even in the midst of, uh, God has a calling and an assignment for each one of us, but we all come out of dysfunction in our family. And, and he, God was raising up Samuel, even in the dysfunction of his family. He had, you know, his, uh, his, his mom was, was crying out because the, the second wife, Peninnah, was, was tormenting and irritating uh, Hannah to the point where she, she, she goes into chapter two to just balls out to God and cries out and God. And, and in ancient Israel, if they didn't have a child, it was, it was considered a curse. And so it just drove her to God. And, and, and somebody might be in a place of pain right now where, where you might be, might be dealing with some, some heartache. Maybe it's a barren womb. Maybe you've been wanting a child. Maybe your marriage has been struggling. Maybe your money is, isn't right. But realize that God is in the midst of your pain, that he hears you. When he, when he calls you to go to him. And just like Hannah in chapter two, it drives her to God. And what, is she, what does God do? God hears the cry of his people. And she, he gives her a child, and that child Samuel. And so as we pick up in, 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 verse, in verse, uh, verse one, we, we see that, uh, that God was raising him up, even in the midst of that chaos, and that... Uh, in, the, in verse three, it says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. 
and there were not many visions. The word boy means, means young man. It's the same word that, uh, that we see uh, later with David, that he was raised up young. And so there, there might be some young people in, in the house today that, that might think that only God uses adults, but God, throughout the Bible, he uses young people. He raises up young people for a generation. And we see that with Samuel. That, that God was raising him up, even in the midst of that chaos that was going on in the, in the temple, God was raising up for, for a time like this. And, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Why? You, you might ask why. It was because that there was sin in the camp. God was not pleased. And that as the church, church, we're, we're called to be representations of God to the world. So the world is watching us. And so the Bible says that judgment starts with the house of God. So God wants us to look intently at our lives. And does our lives look and align with Christ? You know, some, some of us might be dealing with static in the line. There might be some issues in your line right now that you're trying to hear from God, but you can't hear from him clearly because there's sin in the camp. There's some areas of your life. You might, you might, be, uh, you know, DM, you might be married and might be on social media DMing somebody that's not your spouse. Some of you singles might be, might be shacking up with, with your boyfriend or girlfriend. And God's, God, God will not be mocked. And, and he's looking at us because the world is looking at us. He's calling us to be set apart, to be sanctified, to look different. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to, to, to embody him to the world. That's a, that's a dying world. And we see that all through, through. You don't have to turn on the TV to see just these ministers that are falling. Because a lot of times we get so caught up in what public ministry versus private. What are you doing behind the scenes when nobody's looking? How does your life look? You know, if I were to, ask, you know, come into your house, you know, ask, ask my kids, you come to my house, ask my wife, you know, what I'm really like. You know, that's how you get a, a, you know, a sample size of what that person is. So even in the midst of that, God calls Samuel, as we see in the text from verses 2 to 10, and we'll read that. He, the first point is he calls you by name. And I'll say that again, is that he called Samuel by name. It says, one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could not barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God, and that was the Ark of the Covenant, that's where the Ten Commandments was housed, had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the Ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran out to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli. He said, here I am, I called you. My son Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, but the word of the Lord had yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie, lie down, and if he calls you, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there, calling as the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then, then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. So we see in the text that God called him four times. And God was raising him up for a purpose. And each one of us has a purpose for God. We can go around the room. Each one of us has a name. We were made in the image, the Imago Dei. There's no, nobody like you. We were custom made by God and for God. God wired us for, for worship. And worship is is giving him adoration and glory with our life, with our time, with our treasure and our talent. And all of us, it doesn't matter the gifts that you have. It doesn't matter, we all have the same amount of time. 
but it's what we do with what we have. What are you doing with that? And then secondly, he, he, keeps, he keeps calling you. We see that, that, that God, God has an assignment for, for Samuel, as he has an assignment for us, is that not only did he call Samuel by name, he kept calling him. He kept calling him. And as some of the songs we were singing today, God calls us. But the, the question is, a lot of times, you, you, some of us on our, all our caller IDs, we might, might see, you know, that phone number that we recognize and we say, we, we just let it go to voicemail. We, we know when God's calling, we, we, we could just let him go to voicemail. But some of you all know that when God is serious about your life, he'll keep calling you until you answer what he's calling you. Some of you guys got a ministry that's God's birthing in you. Some of you, God is, God is calling to, to do a new thing. Maybe he's calling you to relocate. Maybe he's calling you to start a business. There's something that he has for you. He has an assignment and a purpose in your life. And it's for him. And it's by him. And some, some of you guys are, are, are dealing with that right now. That he's, he's calling you, but you're not, you're not yielding to that. And some of us don't even recognize when God is calling. So we have to be able to discern. That, so we might see, you know, I'm in sales. So, you know, a lot, a lot of times I call people all the time. And they, you know, they just letting, letting the phone go to voicemail. You know, because they don't recognize the number. But I keep calling. And that's like God. God keeps calling, calling, calling those and eventually we, we're, we're called to answer it. And it's, it's funny, I, you know, I was, I was thinking about, you know, my wife when I'm watching, you know, I'm a, I'm a big avid Laker fan. You know, when, I, when my Lakers are playing, I, I'm dialed in, I'm locked in. And so she's got to call my name, Anthony, Anthony. But I'm locked in, I'm blocked out. You know, I'm blocked out. My kid's calling my name. But, but they, get, they have to raise their voice, the cadence of her voice to get my attention. And then God does the same thing because we have so many distractions in our life, and we have to, to minimize those distractions so we can hear from God. And my third point is you, you have to position yourself to hear from him. And I'll say that again, you have to position yourself to hear from him. So on one hand, you, you have God that's speaking, but on the other hand, we have to be one that's, that's listening. And we have to be in proximity to God. And we see that, that with Samuel, we see it in the text in, in, in verse three that, that he, was, he was in the temple even though he didn't recognize God's voice, he was in the presence of God. So he was practicing the presence of God. He was serving God. He was, he was, he was, he was, he was Eli's right-hand man as, as he was serving God. And so when God was speaking, he was in positions to hear from him. So some of us, we got, we got to turn the volume down. So maybe you're on social media too much. You know, maybe, maybe you're, you're binge, binge watching on Netflix Maybe you're watching too much television. And we got we to gotta turn those things down so we can hear from God, so he can amplify. I'm reminded of, uh, I'm, a, I'm a 49er fan, so about, you know, several years ago, there was a, there was a, a, a commercial uh, that uh, beats, by, beats by Dre had, and it chronicled uh, Colin Kaepernick, who was the 49er uh, quarterback at the time. He was walking into Seattle's uh, Seahawks Stadium, you know, known as the 12th man. And I know uh, my, uh, my brother Jason Johnson's not here, but uh, he's a Seahawks fan. And, uh, and it, got, it was chronicling him getting off the bus, and you could see all the fans yelling at Colin Kaepernick, throwing stuff at the bus. Um, and, and the noise was, was loud, but he had his, his beats by Dre on, so he could drown all the noise. And some of us got to put our beats by Jesus on. So we can drown out all the noise, so we can hear from God. Because there's a lot of distractions in this world that are hindering us from hear, hearing God. 
And, and, and we have to learn how to drown that out. So what's your interference? What are those things that God is calling you to, 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 to remove from your life so that you can hear from him more clearly? What are those things in your life? And then fourthly, um, when he calls, we have courage to obey him. And we see that in verses 11 through 17. He says, then the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it about to tingle. And that time I will carry out against Eli and everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. So Samuel lay down until morning and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son, Samuel, I answered, here I am. What is it he said to you? Eli asked, do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely if you hide it from anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. So you can imagine, this is, this is uh, his predecessor, Samuel's predecessor, getting this word from God that God was going to take, take him out and his family out. So he was scared. You can imagine. But, but even in his fear, he had to be obey God and tell Eli what God was telling him to do. And so some of us, there's, there's obedience that God wants us to, to, to have in what he's leading you to do. Maybe it's, it, maybe it's to start a business. Maybe it's to cut out sin in your life. There's certain things that God has called you to do right now, and you, he's calling you to obey him with that. And, and faith isn't, isn't the absence of fear, but it's moving in spite of it. And I'll say that again. Faith isn't the absence of fear, but moving in spite of it. And we see that with Moses. You, could, you know, Moses, God called him to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh was the high, highest person in all of Egypt. So you can imagine, he could have took him out, but God, he was obedient to God. We see that in, Gideon, in, in, uh, in Judges where, where Gideon was called by God to, to tear the, 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 the altar down of Baal, the idol worship. And we, we see that, it, the Bible is funny. We see that in, in Gideon, Gideon goes out at night. So he was obedient to God, but he did it at night. You know, so, so God is still was, he still was with him. But he, you know, he waited till at night to, to tear, the, wall, uh, to tear the, the, the altar down. And all of us, is, is, uh, I'm reminded of just, you know, that, uh, that we're all just like, we're like postmen for God. That we're just, we're just delivering mail. We're, we're just delivering his mail. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Samuel, Samuel was obedient to that. And, and we live in a world that's a fallen world. We live in a world that's, that's counter Christ. And so God is raising us up to, to share our faith with other people. And some people just like, you know, when, when we get a mail, some people are going to open it up. They're going to think it's junk mail. Some people are going to look at it and maybe inquire and look a little bit more at it. And some people are going to open it up and receive it. And us as, as followers of Jesus Christ, all, all our job is to just to deliver the mail. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as I conclude, there, there might be somebody listening online or here in the sanctuary that's maybe never received Jesus Christ as Lord, Savior and Lord. The Bible says the, the day you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Tomorrow is not promise. You can be saved today. That means you could be safe. 
It's just like the ark, you know, Noah's ark. You know, uh, I love what pa- Pastor Zach used to say is, you know, it was the smelliest place, but it was the safest space. That's the church. We all smell. We all bring stuff into the church. We're, we, we, we all got baggage that we've come into the church with, but the church is the safest space. This is, this is where we're at. So if we can bow our heads, every, every eye closed. Let's pray. Lord God, i just uh, just so grateful for you, Lord God, and just uh, that you're a faithful God, even when we're faithless. God, even, even when we're, uh, we're struggling, we don't understand everything, God. We, we know that you do. God, and we know that you're the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that, uh, that there might be somebody here that's, that's listening to this word. There might be somebody online that's tuned in. They don't even know why they tuned in. But God, you do, God, that as your word says, you keep calling us, God, that you, you call us by name. You keep calling us and you're calling us to position ourselves to hear from you, Lord. And, and lastly, you called us to obey you, God, and, and to yield to your will and your plan. And God, we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. that message again. When we hear him, hallelujah, we want to be able to answer. When we, church, I just want to share, when we are in alignment with the Lord, when we get on one accord, our answer needs to just be amen, right? Amen? Amen. So we just want to close out with, let the church say amen. Amen.
for the benediction. It says, now to him who was able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen. You are sent.